Hey guys, I'd like to introduce you to a new podcast that I know you're going to love. Do you like travel? Do you like picturesque locations and getting away from it all? Well, this new podcast has all that and murder. It's called Slaycation, and it's a darkly humorous look at murders and mysterious deaths that took place on vacation. Hosted by a true crime fanatic, her comedy writer husband and his TV producing partner, Slaycation brings a unique perspective to chilling, thrilling, and WTF stories of vacations gone horribly wrong. From the twisted tale of Harold and Tony Henthorne, whose romantic anniversary in the Rocky Mountains ended with one of them falling off a cliff, to Angelica and Vincent, two recently engaged lovebirds whose Hudson Valley kayaking adventure ended underwater. Each episode of Slaycation will have you asking, accident or murder? But it's not just the stories that'll intrigue you. It's the discussion between a longtime married couple and business partners who happen to be Emmy-nominated TV producers. Each episode of Slaycation also includes humor, takeaway and travel tips that will keep your next vacation from being your last. If you're ready to pack your body bags, Slaycation is available on all major podcast platforms. Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the 1970s and 80s, a monster hunted the Connecticut River Valley. Seven bodies found, one survivor, and no suspects. I'm Jane Borowski, host of Invisible Tears. I was seven months pregnant and stabbed 27 times, and I survived. My story didn't end that frightful night. This attack on me physically and mentally lingered for years. I'm Amanda Bedard, and I'm Jane's life coach and co-host of Invisible Tears. Jane is ready to share her story, and not just about her attack, but her healing process afterwards. As a platform for truth and healing, we are on a mission to help others that suffer from PTSD and help bring awareness to mental health issues. To hear my story and others, you can find Invisible Tears wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Welcome to Scary Mysteries, brought to you by Nudon Films. Every Monday, we'll tell you about topics that range from serial killers and UFOs to unexplained mysteries, ghosts, and everything in between. If it's scary and it's mysterious, then we've got you covered. And check us out on YouTube as well if you want to watch each episode. Thanks for tuning in. Top 5 Most Haunted Houses in America Home is where the heart is. A place where families and couples can grow old together and live happily ever after. But sometimes things don't always go as planned. The next five houses started out full of promise, but ended up filled with tragedy. As time passed, something other than people has taken up residence within their walls. These are the top five most haunted houses in America. Number 5. The Sylvester K. Pierce Victorian Mansion 
The S.K. Pierce Mansion was a true marvel for its time. Built in Gardner, Massachusetts, the 7,000-square-foot home contained 10 bedrooms, two-and-a-half baths, large Victorian windows, 11-foot ceilings, marble fireplaces, and beautiful moldings in every corner. Nothing was overlooked. During its heyday, it would be visited by the likes of President Coolidge, Betty Davis, P.T. Barnum, and even Norman Rockwell. However, those days wouldn't last. Just weeks after moving into their home, Sylvester's wife Susan died of a bacterial infection. Pierce remarried within a year, but died a few years later in 1888, leaving behind Ellen, his new wife, and their three sons. Over the years, the house fell on hard times. It turned into a boarding house where drinking, gambling, and even murder supposedly happened. To date, there are seven recorded deaths within the mansion. During the time when the rooms were rented out, a prostitute was said to have been strangled in the Red Room. A young boy drowned in the basement, a nanny named Maddie Cornwell passed away, and there was also the strange story of a man from Finland, Eno Sari, who burned to death while staying in the master bedroom in 1963. People believe it was a case of spontaneous human combustion because none of the surrounding area was touched by fire. The previous owners of the home, Edwin Gonzalez and Lillian Otera, bought the home in 2008 and thought nothing of the ghost stories until they started experiencing it themselves. During their two years there, they heard footsteps, saw large objects moving around, felt the tugging of a young child and even an entity attempting to push a guest down the grand staircase. There were even instances of the piano playing on its own. Just one week after moving into the house, Edwin was arranging his office. The room was once the Pierce's nursery, and a man appeared in front of him. Meanwhile, his wife Lillian claims to have been pinned down to the bed by some invisible force. After this incident, they had seen enough and decided to move. Today, the Dark Carnival owns the S.K. Pierce mansion, and they are renovating the property. Once done, it will be open for overnight stays to anyone brave enough to see if the entities inside are actually real. Number 4. The Kreischer Mansion Built on top of a hill in Staten Island, the Kreischer Mansion overlooks the Arthur Kill, a small body of water that separates New York and New Jersey. When it was first built, there were actually two identical mansions right next to each other, but the other mansion has since burnt down. Built by Balthasar Kreischer, he found his fortune creating fireproof bricks. He created the identical mansions for his two sons, Charles and Edward. A year after it was finished, Balthasar died and the company business fell on tough times. Not soon after, Edward shot and killed himself following an argument with someone in the factory, or as some say, after arguing with his own brother. To add to the mansion's grim reputation, a former caretaker actually murdered someone in the property. Joseph Joe Black Young was hired by the Bonanno family to kill gangster Robert McKelvey in 2005. Young, along with accomplices Lord McKelvey, and stabbed him, but he was able to get away, only to be caught again and drowned in a shallow pool just in front of the mansion. His body was then dismembered in the cellar and burned in a furnace on the property. Despite its idyllic surrounding, today the mansion sits abandoned, 
but many people still trespass there, and those who have explored the mansion say a wailing woman, said to be Edward's wife, still haunts the premises. There are also stories of a cook that was murdered in the home, and he is said to haunt the kitchen, clanging pots and pans whenever people visit. Number 3. Franklin Castle Built in 1881, Franklin Castle served as the home of German immigrant Hannes Tiedemann. After moving from Germany, Hannes became a successful grocer and banker, and he amassed a large fortune. The home was built not just to house his family in Cleveland, Ohio, but also to accommodate immigrating relatives for the first few months of their arrival. Even before moving into the community, Hannes had gained a reputation for being a loud and harsh man. This demeanor caused many to speculate that the many mysterious deaths that happened within the castle had something to do with him. The first death happened when Tiedemann's 15-year-old daughter Emma died from diabetes. However, rumors of her body being hanged in the rafters persist. Not long after, his mother Vivica died of unknown causes. Between 1886 and 1888, the family saw three more of their children die inside the castle. With no known cause of death, speculation grew rampant that Hannes might have something to do with the deaths and that even more missing children were possibly killed inside. Other deaths left unconfirmed within the house include that of a niece and a maid. By 1895, Tiedemann's wife died from liver disease, and a year after that he left and sold the castle. Since then, the house has switched hands from different owners. For 55 years, it became a hub for the German Socialist Party. Not much was known about what happened during this time, but reports of political assassinations, Nazi associations, wild parties, and more circulated. By the time they left, stories of the house being haunted by Emma began to surface. There's said to be mysterious passageways and secret rooms throughout the house, which many believe were used to keep the bodies of the dead children. A mysterious woman in black has been spotted several times in the turret window. Mysterious crying children, cold spots, spinning chandeliers, and even faces materializing on the walls have also been reported. One young boy said he knocked on the door of the castle, and someone said, come in. When he entered, he saw a woman in white gliding past the stairs and disappearing through a closed door. Number 2. The Whaley House History and folklore convene at San Diego's Whaley House. First built in 1855, many people say the house was destined to become haunted even before it was built. The land where it stands was once a graveyard. Subsequently, it was used for public executions, including the public hanging of famous Yankee thief Jim Robinson. However, this wouldn't stop Thomas Whaley from building his home on the property. Built as the first brick building in California, it featured Greek Revival architecture and completed with rosewood and mahogany furniture. Despite being one of the most beautiful homes during its time, Whaley House would see one tragedy after another. The house first claimed the life of young Thomas Whaley Jr., who died of scarlet fever at just 18 months old. After that, the general store built within the house burned down, and for several years the family had to move out. When they returned, the large house got transformed into a home, but also a city courthouse, a general store, 
and a hub for the San Diego theater troupe. Eventually, though, many local businesses started transferring out of town, and the area was left desolate. Thomas and his family continued to live in the home. Violet, the youngest daughter, eventually married a man named George Bertolacci. She woke up one day without him by her side and found out he was actually a con artist who stole money and left. Out of shame and depression, she committed suicide in the home by shooting herself in the chest using her father's gun. Throughout the years, many descendants and family of the Whaley's lived and died in that house. Since then, workers and guests who have stayed there reported experiencing weird paranormal events. The first ghost that lingers around the ground is that of Jim Robinson. Even the Whaley's, when they lived in the home, reported hearing footsteps and seeing footprints left by him. Baby Thomas has also heard crying and giggling within. Witnesses also report seeing a young woman on the second floor of the house. Many say this is the ghost of Violet still mourning, while guests also say the sudden scent of French perfume, a favorite of his daughter's, would waft into the air. Lights flickering on and off, glasses clinking, and even a mysterious figure looking out from the windows are said to manifest in the home. Today, the house functions as a museum, but the current owners know of the hauntings and offer special tours at night once a month to those looking to catch a glimpse of the spirits left inside. Number 1. The Amityville House One of the most famous haunted houses in the U.S., the legacy of the Amityville horror has lived on for generations. While many criticize the story as a hoax, others believe there was something sinister in the home while the Lutzes lived there. So what really happened in Long Island, New York, at 112 Ocean Avenue? It all began with the flies. Despite being the middle of December, Plagues of flies would swarm the house as George and Kathy Lutz, along with their three kids, unpacked. Their new dream home, which they nicknamed High Hopes, was the start of a new beginning for the family. The Dutch colonial-style home featured six bedrooms, a swimming pool, and a boathouse since it was near a canal. The house had sat empty for nearly a year before the Lutzes purchased it for $80,000, a bargain for a home of that style and size. But there was a good reason why. The previous family that owned the place, the DeFeos, were brutally murdered inside the house. The killer was 23-year-old Ronald DeFeo Jr. At approximately 3.15 a.m. on November 13, 1974, Ronald grabbed a gun and began shooting his entire family while they slept. He killed four of his siblings, the youngest of which was nine years old. Afterwards, he entered his parents' room and shot them both multiple times. The Lutzes were aware of the murders and decided to have the house blessed. Father Ralph Pecoraro arrived on December 18th as the family unpacked and went around the house to perform the rites. In the second floor bedroom, while he flicked the holy water inside, he distinctly heard a masculine voice say, Get out. He never told the family about the incident, but simply advised George to stay out of that second floor room. Soon after, the family themselves began to experience strange phenomenon. Nearly every morning, George would wake up around 3.15 to check on the boathouse. It wasn't until later on that they found out it was the estimated time that the DeFeo murders occurred. Kathy would have vivid nightmares about the killings, managing to figure out the sequence of events on how it happened and where in the home. 
The children began sleeping on their stomachs as they never had before, which was the same position that the murdered kids were found. There were cold spots, weird smells, and strange noises throughout the house on a constant basis, and the children were even seen levitating in their beds by their mother. In January 1976, just 28 days after they moved in, the Lutzes had had enough. They took their kids, their dog, and left everything behind and never set foot back in the house again. The couple has declined to give full details on what exactly happened to them, simply stating that it was too frightening to talk about. The Amityville house has transferred owners over the years. The house has been revamped and the number on it changed. Some say the ghosts of the murdered family haunted the home, while Daniel Lutz, who was 10 years old at the time, said George dabbled in the occult and conjured up evil entities that he couldn't control. So those were the top five most haunted houses in America. They say time heals all wounds, but in the case of these houses, it seems the wounds and the entities living there refuse to heal, and they certainly aren't moving out anytime soon. Thanks for listening, and remember to subscribe and check out Scary Mysteries on YouTube as well for additional videos. I'll see you next week.